Memorial Day is iris time in the Pacific Northwest. If you don't know about iris or how to grow them, we have tips from the experts at Shriners Iris Gardens. On this episode, we also visit their display gardens and preview their incredible open gardens event. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the, the parkway. parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 8 region. This zone deals with plants that can survive in 10 degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. Today we're at Shriners Iris Gardens and Kaiser, I guess. Kaiser yeah, North Kaiser. Yeah. North Kaiser. <laughs> we're here with Ben from the Shriner family, um, and we're talking about Iris today. And uh, you guys are known as one of the, if not the leading, Iris distributors, growers, hybridizers in the United States. I'm going to step out and I'm going to let you guys talk, but if you could just talk a little bit about the family and how you guys started. What year is this for you guys? This is our 98th year, um, so it's fourth generation now. Um, it was started by my great-grandpa, FX Shriner, in um, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, and then um, my grandpa, Gus, and great-uncle Bob, they moved out here, um, shoot, like in the late 40s, I think, yeah. Um, and they looked around to see where the best place to grow iris. So they sent iris, uh, I believe, to Tennessee. They, they sent iris to Klamath area, and they sent iris here. And this turned out to be one of the best places to grow iris. So they ended up moving out here, and, and they kind of slowly grew, uh, slowly grew the business. Um, it started right here. So like the display garden was our first field. Um, and then my dad came in the business, um, my aunt, Liz came in the business, who's, she's still in the business today. Uh, my uncle Steve came in the business. Uh, uh, my dad's cousin Dave came in the business. And so they kind of grew the business through the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, and now it's me and my Aunt Liz. That's just amazing. It's like what a history and legacy and that you open it up to. I think that's so cool that we can come and visit it this time of year. Yeah, we um, were opening Friday this week, but we open every May, usually from Mother's Day weekend to Memorial Day weekend. Um, that's usually the best time for bloom. This year's a little different. Um, <laughs> that's a cold spring, so things are definitely running late. Um, but yeah, we love opening up. We have a display garden like behind us, um, and it's uh, we we love doing it. Yeah. And so, I mean, you guys are known for, for your irises, and you mm -hmm. grow a lot of irises, mm -hmm. and you yeah. have you know 98 year track record of of growing them. So, about how many? Irises, do you do? I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, too many. Um, we, um, I think we have, like, commercially available, it's got to be over 500. Wow. Um, but then um, we hybridize, we have our own breeding program, so you have tens of thousands of seedlings and, right. um, that you're growing and kind of evaluating, and then you're going to end, end up introducing them eventually. Um, so, and we also have a lot of 
name varieties from other hybridizers that we use for hybridizing that we build up stock on and then we'll start selling commercially. Um, so it's around 500 or so that we list each year, but grow, it's, um, like I said, if you want to count the seedlings, it's going to be tens right. of thousands. <laughs> right. If you right. count like um, other name varieties that we're building stock on and, and seedlings we're going to introduce like easily over a thousand. Wow. Because yeah, wow. we, we've been out, you know, in, for years, you know, we found out and we've wa walked the fields with you. Yeah, it's it's so always fun. spectacular. And I remember one of the last times we were out, we walked through, you know, the seedling fields. Mm, and yeah. it's just, it's unbelievable to see just the sea and they're all slightly different. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, like you have some that are very similar, but then maybe you look a little closer and you see the, the beard's a little different color or a right. little bit different edging. Um, or maybe it has better bud count than the previous one. So, yeah, I mean, like, there's a vast rainbow of color, and you have new color enhancements you get, but then other times it's you're choosing one that's really similar, but maybe it, it performs better. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. and, and look at this one. This is amazing. This is the cover girl, <laughs> cover man of, the, of this year, and this is called Another Chapter, and that is one of your dad's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful one. Um, it's a placata. My dad loves placatas. Um, and it's, um, you know, placata is a pretty popular color class. Um, but that one we chose to introduce because it has really good bud count. It grows really well. And oh, so we awesome. thought it was worth introducing. Yeah. yeah. And now he's retiring. And so you're kind of learning that. And there's, if you see the catalog, there's this whole homage to Ray Schreiner <laughs> about his breeding. And he's won awards all these years. Really amazing, amazing good quality plants. Yeah, he's been in charge of hybridizing since, uh, I believe it was like early 80s, mid 80s. Wow, that so, was you know, he's been, all the iris we've been introducing for decades have been his hybrids and all the iris we're gonna be introducing probably for another decade are his <laughs> hybrids. Cause it takes a while to introduce oh, okay. uh, an iris, you mm -hmm. know, generally 10 years or so from cross wow. to introduction. Amazing. Um, yeah, so. And you're, and you're doing them all, you were said they're seedlings. So they're all, you know, are you out, you know, taking a little, you know, dusting them for their, their pollen and crossing them that way? Or how, how does it kind of a... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, t you, just, you just take the pollen off um, and then, yeah, you swap it on the one you want to cross with. Um, and then the seed pod will form. And for the tall bearded ones, so you're making those crosses in May. Um, and then the seed pods are usually harvested depending on the weather, like July or so. Yeah. And then it takes a while yeah, for that yeah. seedling to yeah. come up to be able to produce enough to actually see what it does. Yeah, so you get the seed pod July, you're gonna plant those seeds in uh, usually around late November. Um, and then you're gonna wait, not the next May, but the next May, you're likely to see <laughs> the, the first bloom. Wow. And then, then you start evaluating, deciding whether to save it. And if you save it, you end up building up stock um, and that's why it can take up to 10 up years. Up to 10 years. Yeah. Patient people. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. probably have some pretty, you know, when you're looking at tens of thousands of new introductions, you probably have some pretty strict guidelines as to kind of what you're, what you're looking for. Because, you know, that's a, that's a process. You know, you yeah. want to make sure that, you know, the work in 10 years putting into it is going to do something. Definitely. I mean, like you, first off, you go on color. Like if it, if it stands out, um, you're going to save it. And then, because um, <clears throat> you could always use it for crossing. Um, and not introduce it. But then you start looking as you go further along, like bud count. You want something that has eight or more buds because it's gonna bloom longer in the garden. Okay. Um, like one of the biggest knocks, I think, on iris, maybe not really deservedly so, but it's, it's a short bloom season. Mm. So if you have eight or more buds, you're gonna have a longer bloom in the, in the garden. Um, and then you obviously look for things like 
growing traits and habits. Um, you know, as you're growing something commercially, you want something that's going to be a really strong grower. You don't right. want something that struggles to get along because you're not going to really sell much of it. Um, so, yeah, you start with color and then you kind of whittle it down from there. And there's probably, you know, tried and trues that you've had over the years that maybe you start seeing improvements on that same one. You know, you might get a little bit more bloom count or a longer bloom or a stronger sem or something like that. So it could be similar to what you had, you know, 50, 60, 98 years ago. <laughs> yes. That it's been, been, you know, improved. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, so you're not, I mean, at least for us, we're not always just looking for new color. I mean, like, right. you, if, if it's a color that's already out there, but you think it, it has improvements in other areas, then it's definitely worth introducing. Cause you know, if you have a really nice yellow that seven buds and now you have a really nice yellow it looks identical but now you have eight buds nine buds it's worth, it's worth it. right yeah and to go back about you said you know there's people that say oh iris don't bloom a long time but really you can have iris blooming in your garden for a long time with different kinds of iris varieties yeah definitely i mean like you have iris start with the dwarf iris which are you know like this tall and they're going to overlap with tulips um and then um then i'm going to interrupt you so this tall for those of that are listening so roughly about a foot is uh, the the dwarf, and then it goes to what next? Intermediate. So yeah, so the the dwarf are about a foot or so or below, um, and then it graduates into the intermediate class, which will bloom after that. And they're kind of the bridge between the tall bearded and the dwarf. Um, I believe they range it's a little over 20 inches or so. Um, and then the tall bearded, which is the most popular, and those are the ones that bloom in, typically in May that people come out to visit here. <laughs> right. um, they will follow. And so if you stagger those and you have dwarf, intermediate, and tall, um, and also there's bloom seasons within each class. So you can have an early blooming tall bearded, uh, a mid-season tall blooming tall bearded, and then a late season tall bearded blooming. So if you have kind of those staggered through, you can have easily six plus weeks of bloom. Oh, that's a and, long time. And then to add on to that, you have reblooming varieties, which will uh, kind of take a break after their bloom in May, and then they will uh, rebloom again Oh, as you get into July, August, September. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. remarkable. Yeah. You know, as gardeners, we, we want that, you know, in our garden. And to have, it's such a unique flower. We were talking earlier about, yeah. you know, it's just very unique. And to not have iris in the garden, I think it's a garden's lacking. Yeah, I, I think they there can be the focal point in the, any garden, especially in, in May. You know, mm -hmm. I think if you, if you don't have iris, um, what are you doing? So, <laughs> I mean, we were talking fragrance. Yes, with, yes. With irises too, you know, I think some people may not think of them as being a fragrant plant. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like they have, not every iris has the same, like there's a range of fragrance in there, but we have, like there's one ginger snap that smells like root beer. Oh. Um, you have some that smell like grape. And uh, there are a lot of sweet scents. Um, and like, if you come here and you walk in the display garden or you walk in our flower show, you pick up the scent right away. Yeah. Um, and like for me, like, cause you, when they rebloom, you know, they have that same scent in the summer. And like, whenever I smell them reblooming in the summer, I instantly think of May cause the scent <laughs> is like so pronounced. Right. Is a scent something you can bloom or breed for, or is it just come, come with it? So if you have a, you know, a really cool purple one and like, oh. I want to breed in some like grape, uh, you know, fragrance sure. into it versus a peanut butter fragrance or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. Do you have that ability on, on, on the breeding? You can breed, try to get for fragrance. I mean, like a particular fragrance I think would be challenging. Right. <laughs> um, but definitely, like, if, if, you, if you, that's one of the things you're looking for. Um, and we don't really look for that that much. I mean, like, if it, if it has a good scent, that's great. But, like, we won't um, 
discard one that doesn't uh, have like right. a strong right. set. But like if you if you wanted to, yeah, you could you could try to breed yeah. for it. Yeah. You know, and when you keep adding you know new and new varieties every year, I'm sure there's some that kind of over time just kind of fall off. So you're not having you know, ten thousand different <laughs> different ones in the catalog at any any one time. But you know, that's your new prunes. So there are some that will drop yeah, off. Definitely, yeah. I mean, like, so we introduce sixteen new tall bearded varieties ourselves each year, um, and then we will have new releases from other hybridizers that we add each year. Um, we also right now introduce um, the iris from Joe Gio, a famous iris hybridizer. So his intros are introduced by us. So when you start adding those up, it's probably north of 30 varieties or so that we're, in, we're that are new each year. Um, so yeah, that means you have 30 or so varieties that you need to stop. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's always the hard part too. Cause I mean, like you look at sales, like which ones maybe are not performing that well, or maybe which colors are, we have a lot of, but then, you know, people get attached to certain mm -hmm. varieties, so it's always hard to, to discontinue oh, some, sure. right? Yeah. And you were talking about the display garden, and so this has been a very unique spring. It's been cold out here in the Northwest, in Oregon, Southwest Washington. It's a lot of rain in April, so there's not a lot of iris blooming behind us, but um, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, it's, it's a little similar to last year, um, being cold and wet, but then we've also had at least one day it was like 93 already and then just be <laughs> mid 90s this weekend right. um but uh, i would think that the peak boom this year would probably be like late may uh, uh, which is a little later than the normal but you know coming out every year to see this garden is amazing and you have so many companion plants but maybe we'll catch things that we don't see like i see a new dogwood that i've never seen before so it's kind of fun it's something to really discover yeah definitely i mean like so my dad kind of took this display garden, started adding all these uh, shrubs, trees, perennials. And so it's much more than just an iris garden. It's, 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 it does a really good job of showcasing what iris can be in, in the home gardener. Um, and there's lots of things out there that you see. I'm like, yeah, you come early, you don't have the massive color, but you get some early blooming varieties that you wouldn't see. Uh, we also still have dwarf iris blooming in the garden. Um, and then you have, you know, lupin are starting, allium are starting, um, and then uh, there's lots of shrubs and trees for sure. Yeah, so, um, but speaking of, you're talking about the cold, wet spring. Is there something that the home gardener needs to be aware mm. of at yeah. this point in time yeah. um, and care? And, okay. and what should they be looking out for? Sure. Yeah, I mean, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can attest to that. Yeah, we hear slugs. Slugs, <laughs> slugs, slugs. I can attest to those on my irises. But. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do that. Yeah. Slug, yeah, slugs are a big one. Um, they, I mean, like you have some slug damage in our garden. Um, so yeah, you could, you can you could bait for slugs or do it whatever kind of trapping or whatever you choose to do to control slugs. That would be a big thing. Um, you can get leaf spot on the leaves um, when it's wet like this. It's just these. Uh, brown little spores that'll kind of show up on the foliage. Um, and that's usually just from being too wet and you can you can spray with a general purpose fungicide or you can just kind of trim the, the foliage if you'd like. Um, those are the, the big ones. I mean, I, we, you can't have cold damage. We've seen some cold damage here, um, but I think generally in, in um, more like suburban environment, I don't, a garden environment, I don't think you're gonna have a lot of cold damage. Um, but those are those are the main uh, pre-bloom um, issues with iris. Yeah. So somebody that wants to say, you know, they come out and they get super excited about an iris and want, want certain ones. 
how do they you know, purchase an iris? Does it come as a bulb? Does it come as a planted thing? Yeah. When do they plant it? How do they plant it? What kind of soil? Where do they like to live? Sure. You know, what are, what are some good, good things like that for the iris? Iris like sun, so at least half day, full sun. Um, they like well-drained soil, so you don't want to put them in a low spot in your yard. If, if they're going to be sitting in, in water over the winter, they're not going to make it. They, they like to stay dry. Um, they don't need a lot of water um, over the summer either. They're pretty drought tolerant. Um, need to water them in when you plant them, which you plant them over the summer, so July through September is when we ship or bear root um, rhizomes. Um, but uh, yeah, so if pe people come out here and they want an iris, we have a selection of iris in pots and gallon pots okay. and four inch pots. And so they could take those home with them. Um, if they don't want to do that or see something or want something that we don't have in pots, um, we uh, do mail order. So we have our printed catalog, we have our website um, and they can go on there and they can place an order and we ship, uh, like I said, July through September. Right, and you'll ship all over yes yeah. yeah nationally internationally as well yeah so and what people i don't think understand is you don't bury when you're planting this is not like a normal plant where you would bury like a a bulb yes this one here stays relatively close to the surface correct yes yeah the rhizome likes to, likes to sit on top um and so like when we ship the bare root it's not going to just be the the rhizome there's a little bit of fol green foliage on there so green foliage on top the rhizome and then the roots below um, and so you kind of keep the rhizome basically level with the soil or so. Um, yeah, because if you bury too deep or you, you treat it like a bulb and you, yeah, you throw it in there, you're likely going to get rot. Uh -huh. um, so you don't want to do that. Will they, do you need to thin them after a couple of years? Will they lose their bloom or do they just keep spreading or how does that work? Yeah, that, they'll, they'll keep spreading and usually we say every three to five years is probably the best guidance in terms of digging and dividing. Um, but you can kind of just go based on what you see in bloom. So when you have a clump, it's gonna, when you first plant the first rhizome, it's, I think it's like usually 75% or so will bloom that first year. Um, and then the next year will be even better and then better, but eventually you'll start kind of see the diminishing returns and mm -hmm. it'll start growing, but the bloom kind of starts to go down. That's the sign that you need to dig, dig and divide. And you dig and divide after they bloom. So um, generally three, four weeks after they bloom would be an okay to time to, to, okay. to replant. Um, and you'd have until six weeks before the first frost in the fall to get oh, that so done. So you got kind of a long window yeah. to yeah. get it in. Yeah. So like if you, if it's you know mid 90s and 100 degrees, <laughs> like you know just wait it out a little bit. Wait till it's cooler, right. then go sure. out and d dig and divide. And I know when you do send out the packages of the rhizomes, you have great information there, and there's like drawings so that you know, like Jeff was saying, that yep. you know exactly where to do that. Um, and then on your website and your catalogs, you have all that information about how to take care of them. And you even sell the fertilizer because it's a nice, it's a nice kind of um, measurement of it to uh, formula. Yes. Yeah. We spell, we sell uh, the Irish specific fertilizer. Um, yeah. And we have lots, like every order comes with a how to grow booklet with pictures. Like you said, um, we also have videos uh, on our, um, I think we have them on like our YouTube, Facebook, all the social uh, accounts. They kind of go go through the planting, digging, dividing, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and then the, the fertilizer, I mean, um, so that, for iris, they, they don't like a lot of nitrogen, so it's a low nitrogen fertilizer. Um, and the, the time to do that would be uh, about a month before they bloom. So we generally say, like, when you see the tulips blooming in your, in your garden, that's a great time to go out and fertilize your iris. Um, 
And then you could do, if it's a reblooming variety, you'd want to do it right after bloom to kind of give them a jump start into the summer growth. Um, anytime you dig and divide would be a good time to fertilize, or if you get a new rhizome and you're planting it for the first time, that's another good time to fertilize. And I know that aftercare, like in my garden, like when they're done, I either bring them in to enjoy them inside, or when the stem is done, I usually cut that off, but then I leave the leaves for a little bit, and is that correct? Yeah, definitely. They feed on the leaves all summer, so um, you wouldn't want to trim the, the foliage back. You can trim the stalk off, that's fine. But yeah, leave the foliage, if it's green, leave it. If it's any browning or anything like that, you can trim that off, but otherwise leave it. And then the in the winter, uh, once you do like your winter garden cleanup, um, you can cut the foliage way back, um, you know, three, four inches. Um, or you can leave it if it's green and you like it, that's, it's up to you. Um, we trim our foliage back in our garden um, just because it, it's less surface area for leaf spot spores to form. Um, and so that, that's why we do that. In fact, last year we planted the first four beds out here um, in July. So they had quite a bit of leaf growth on them. You know, they're a couple feet tall, the fans. Mm -hmm. And we saw that this spring that we had terrible leaf spot in those first two beds that weren't trimmed and the rest of the garden was planted later which not as much foliage there's not really much leaf spot so so you can control it that way which is great mm -hmm. yeah. you don't have to spray then yeah i mean you you had mentioned you know bringing them in as a mm -hmm. cut flower so yeah. irises i'm assuming do great as a cut flower right yeah definitely i mean um we sell lots of cuts we sell mail order cuts and of course here people if they want to take home bouquets right. we have cuts available um Generally, they're going to last between like a week and 10 days, probably inside. Um, the biggest thing on iris is they're always going to have multiple buds on each socket. Right. So you, the first flower will open, um, and then when that wilts, you can just go in and kind of snip that off or pop it off, and then it'll give room for the second flower to open. So gotcha. a lot of times I think people think once the first flower is done, that like the bouquet is done. Um, but yeah, you just no. keep kind of yeah. grooming the, the, the flowers as you go and it'll, it'll last all Yeah, just kind of, kind of like deadheading any yeah. other thing in your <laughs> yes, garden. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's more coming on and that happens in the base too. Is there anything special you need to do with the water or? Um, I mean, like you can get uh, whatever those packets are that they yeah. put in yeah. Yeah, flowers. Yeah, um, you could do those. I mean, the biggest thing we tell people is just, you know, if you want them to last longer, don't put them in, in the sun, you know. Right. Get them out of the window, um, a little cooler place, um, and they'll they'll be fine. And they play nicely with other flowers in a vase because they're not like you know daffodils, right. don't want to be with other other flowers because of all that little sap that comes out. Yeah, right. th yeah, they're great. I mean, there's tons of florists that love iris, and yeah. they mix them with all sorts of things. Now, the only thing that I would mention is the the darker colors on iris. Um, once they fade, if you, if you let them go too long, they can drip and they can stain. So if you have like a dark purple you'd want to make sure that you're kind of watching that so that's not dripping on gotcha. tablecloth. Don't put it on your white linen right. tablecloth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, Ben, thank you so much. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about open garden uh, days that you have going on for the next few weeks. So uh, we're going to get a message from Capital Subaru, and we'll be right back. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. All the support you need, from sales and financing, to service and parts, 
We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Tacey. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way, way on, on the parkway. parkway. For 75 years, Al's Garden and Home has been a favorite destination of local gardeners. Starting in a small roadside fruit stand off of 99E in Woodburn by Al Biggie, Al's has grown to four retail locations in the Portland metro area that also includes a huge growing operation near Hubbard. To ensure that you get the highest quality, Al's grows over 80% of the plants they sell. This fourth generation family owned business is now one of the most recognized garden centers in the country. Stop by one of our four locations to learn why Al's is the first stop for Northwest gardeners. DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you. And welcome back to Garden Time. We're at Shriners Iris Gardens today, and we're talking about irises. And we just talked a little bit about family history. The Shriner family's been doing this nearly 100 years. Um, and we've been there for a lot of that, so that's been kind of fun. Um, and we talked a little bit about care and feeding. But this, we're now in the middle of May, and this yeah. is a big month for you guys because you have an open garden. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the open garden and what that means because if you haven't been here, you've missed out. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, we open uh, this Friday, the Friday before Mother's Day, um, and we have our uh, display garden, you know, behind us here. Um, we have the main garden, and then there's a little path, and then there's a smaller display garden, which was the original display garden. Um, we have a flower show, potted plants for sale. We have uh, one of our fields is open if you want to go walk out in the field. Um, we just started a, a pollinator meadow, and we've created a little path for that, so people want to go through that. Um, so there's lots to see, definitely. And it's really for the whole family, because the kids can kind of run around, it's safe, and it's just, it's beautiful. You bring your camera. Oh yeah, definitely bring your camera. Um, and we have tons of benches and picnic tables, oh. so you can bring food out um, and have a picnic. Um, on weekends, we're gonna have food carts here, um, so if you want to grab some food from them, and then so the picnic table, that works great too. Um, so yeah, it's a good time. And you know, I know that for many years it was a free event and we thank you for it, but yeah. things change and so there's a fee to come. Yeah, so there's a, um, fi uh, it, there's different pricing, uh, whether you buy tickets online or um, buy tickets at the event. Um, but during the week, it's $5 uh, for admission into the gardens. Um, if you buy online, $6 if you show up. Um, on weekends, it's $8 online and $10 if you show up uh, in, per in person. But still, so much to do. I know Ryan and I, we've come a couple yeah. times in the last few years and it, it's just so much fun. Yeah, and it's, you know, and you could see the amount of care that it takes to, to do these gardens. I mean, it's, there are, it's a large garden and it's full of a lot of things other than just the irises. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we have lots of companion plants, so it's time to, to kind of show everything when the iris are blooming. So you got right. lupin, you got allium, you got columbine, or, or, uh, ornamental poppies, um, you have uh, dogwood, uh, horse chestnut trees. So yeah, I mean, I, 
you have a lot of stuff, right. a lot of stuff that's <laughs> right. going to be showing its best right with the iris. Right, yeah. which is kind of important to know, Slow, as you're introducing irises to your garden or already have iris and want to introduce other things, you can kind of see how they all play together you know, and get those different blooms and different colors in the in the garden. Definitely. I mean, because like if you see an iris in the field, it's it's great, but sometimes it's kind of hard to imagine what it looked like in your garden right. or like ideas of how to, to use it in your landscape. And I think that's what our display garden does really well is it, yeah. it gives you ideas on how you can use iris in your in your garden and landscape. And I love that you can take something home. I think as gardeners, we love to take plants home with us. And you yes. have a wide selection of iris, but some of the companion plants. Yeah, we have we have potted iris in gallon and four inch pots. Um, we have uh, potted allium because there's lots of allium out in our garden. Um, we have potted daylilies. Um, I think we have some Siberian iris as well. Um, so yeah, definitely if 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 you want to take some stuff home, uh, we have it, and then. <laughs> We have cut iris too, so if you want to take a bouquet uh, home, we have a oh, bouquet of iris. And it's, you know, when you look out in the gardens right now, you know, we're at the very early stages of, of the irises are, are blooming. So it's right. just just now starting to get a little bit of color. But everything is labeled, yes. which, is, which is great. So when you, when you come and you see all these different blooms and you're trying to right. thumb through the catalog, everything is very well marked and labeled so you know Yes. It's a good time to take those pictures. Yeah, yeah, and if you, if you see stuff that you like out there and we don't have it in pots, we have it online so you can order right. online too. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned daylily, and so the last couple of years you've been growing some daylilies that are really so cool from a, a breeder out of California. Yeah, they're from uh, Bill Marriott, so he was an iris breeder, um, and he uh, knew my grandpa and so there's connection there um, and then he moved over to daylilies and then so when he wanted to uh, just focus on uh, hybridizing and not selling the daylilies he started giving them to us and so we release his new introductions every year and then you know we sell all of his other uh, older stuff and then some other named varieties that he used for hybridizing um, yeah so we've been growing daylilies probably for five six years now something like that um, and uh, we're actually shipping those now. So we do a spring shipping and a summer shipping. So, um, and, yeah. and talk about a great companion plant for the iris, because as the iris come in right. into bloom, you know, if you get your six to eight week bloom out of your iris, then your daylilies are kicking in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the daylilies follow not too long after the irises. And then also a lot of the daylilies are reblooming varieties as well, right. which for daylilies, iris there's, there's really more of like a pause and then you see the rebloom months later. Right. Some of the daylilies that are rebloomers really is kind of continuous bloomers. I mean, they basically bloom from July all the way into your frost. Um, so yeah, it's a good way to get color throughout the whole growing season. And really, we we are broadcast all over now, and so really, these both of those plants can go to most of the United States. Yeah, I mean, iris we don't ship to Florida and Hawaii. Um, it doesn't get cold enough there to get to get the bloom every year. It just have foliage growth. Um, but the daylilies can go everywhere. So um, yeah, they go to northern climates, southern um, climates. That they're really adaptable plant. And I think they're so unique because they have like sometimes three colors on them, and they're really thick substance. Where you know, like our I don't know. I always say my grandmother's um, daylilies don't look like that. Yeah, the, the substance is really spectacular, and then the, yeah, the color variations are amazing. And then like I was saying, the rebloom. Like when we started growing, and that's what I was kind of blown away with. You know, because I was used to daylilies. Yeah, they bloom in, in early July. Then then they're then they're done. Right. Um, and the reblooming ones, yeah. I mean, like, we'll have it 
out in the field and they'll be blooming until, like I said, you get a frost and then, then they'll wow. stop. So, wow. yeah. Wow. You know, so kind of to touch back to, you know, the open gardens a little bit and, you know, people that do want to want to come out, yeah. what's the best, where should they go to find out more information on, on what's going on and, you know, dates and times and, sure. and tickets? Uh, you can go to our website, ShrinersGardens.com. Um, and then we will have updates on our Facebook page, um, Instagram page. So social media is also a great resource right. for that. So you can book it online or just show up. <laughs> yeah. Are you yeah. here every, every day? Yes. Uh, so we're the Friday before Mother's Day. Um, and then we uh, last day will be May 31st. Uh, depending on the bloom, we potentially could stay open later. But you'd have to check, like I said, right. check uh, social accounts for that. Um, I, it's hard to tell what the bloom's going to do, especially with the weather right. being. It's, it's a lot, a lot of things out of our control. <laughs> yeah, Mother Nature yeah. kind of throws us curveballs. We just have got, to adjust. Yeah, like going from winter to summer is kind of strange. So no spring. <laughs> right. uh, ben, thank you so much for being with us. So, um, depending on the weather, obviously people want to go and, and check out the Facebook and social media sites because that's updated by the minute sometimes. Yes. yes as definitely. opposed to uh, the website, which can take a couple days to get updated um, and the best time for everybody to come out and we've always kind of marked our calendar around Memorial Day weekend you guys have a lot of stuff going on I yeah I think that's probably gonna be around peak bloom this year so that's probably a great time to come out um, we do have a lot of stuff going on um, there's gonna be wine tasting in the garden um, food carts um, and then we're also gonna have an artist fair yeah, um, the artists I mean we've, we've bought art here so it's it's beautiful stuff and yeah. sometimes they're even doing their art as people are here, so you can sometimes see them painting right. and taking pictures. And I mean, that goes all the time, too, honestly. I mean, artists love coming here, so a lot, a lot of times you'll come on a Tuesday and you'll see people out there painting or, you know, um, so yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Well, if you are in the Willamette Valley in Oregon, Southwest Washington, try to make a, an effort to come and see the gardens. If you're outside the area, you can always go online to their website, Shriners. Shrinersgardens.com. There you go. Yeah. And uh, and order some and, and grow some in your own garden. And then you don't even have to to uh, try to make the trek out here. But <laughs> you can still Great, enjoy your own display garden. garden. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Build your own display garden. Well, thank you so much for uh, watching and listening. Um, as always, we ask you to go to gardentime.tv. We'll have a written description of this story and links to uh, their website and some of their social media. Um, thanks again and happy gardening. I'm Sarah with Portland Nursery, where our passion for plants has kept us rooted in this incredible community. A lot has changed since we first opened our doors, but through it all, we've remained family owned and operated, dedicated to providing our neighbors the largest selection of the highest quality plants Portland has to offer. With hundreds of new plants arriving each week, you're guaranteed to find something exciting and unique. Portland Nursery, a passion for plants at 50th and Stark, 90th and Division. DRAM is celebrating 75 years of design and manufacturing of quality watering tools. DRAM products feature nine water patterns and are designed to nurture your plants with a shower of rain. DRAM for lawn and garden, available at garden centers near you. Here at Capital Subaru, we are family. From you, our customers, our coworkers, and even our actual family members work here. This is my son, Casey. We're generations ahead of the competition, and we're always working to keep you and your family moving. We're here for you. We make it easy to join our Capital Subaru family. 
all the support you need, from sales and financing to service and parts. We'll be here for you for generations to come. And generations after that. I'm Blake. And I'm Casey. We make it easy to join our capital Subaru family. Where it's your, your way on, on the, the parkway. parkway.